Hey everybody, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, hormones, fertility, health, sex, energies, self-awareness, and just life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hey, and welcome to episode 56 of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast. And I think we're in week 10 of lockdown. This is my usual intro into <laughs> the podcast episodes for the last 10 weeks is the, the quarantine breakdown. How is it all going for you? Me personally, I'm at the stage now because we've started the phase out process. I'm like, okay, I really kind of got to get my shit together when it comes to training. I'm one of these people who needs a gym to train in. It's not that I need a gym, I just, I enjoy it. And trying to figure out training at home with water bottles and empty wine bottles is just, yeah. It's not my jam, but I'm getting there. But over the last um, couple of weeks on my Instagram Q&As, I've had a lot of people just questioning an awful lot around the pill and different contraception methods. So between the pill and the marine coil, and so that's what this week's episode is about is about what is the best contraception for you because there's so many different ones out there and there's so much information that women aren't told about different methods of contraception and the side effects and even the pill like women aren't told so much about the pill when it comes to the side effects and how it actually works so I'll give a quick rundown of how the pill works and I'm going to go through all the different types. The There's the pill, the mini pill, the marina coil, the copper coil, the nuvering, there's the implant, and then there's condoms, and there's a rhythm method. Then there's female condoms or a diaphragm. Like there's so many different types of contraceptions out there. But what one suits you best? Somebody asked me recently what method of contraception do I recommend? And to be honest, it's the one that works best for you. I'm not on the pill or hormonal contraception. I came off it 10 years ago because it had such a negative impact on me. It had a negative impact on my mental health. But as well as that, I remember listening to a show on the radio one day and there was a doctor on explaining how the pill actually changes our chemical makeup and how it can impact how we even pick our partners. And I was like, okay, maybe that's why I'm picking such wrong people. (laughs) I was using that as as an excuse back then. I don't know what my excuse is now. (laughs) That's a joke. Um, But yeah, just the fact that how synthetic hormones really do impact our everyday decisions. And how we respond in different situations, even stress, the pill impacts how our stress hormones respond or react. So how does the pill actually work? Or how does hormonal contraception work? Our body has a a natural peaks and troughs when it comes to our hormones and its purpose is specifically for ovulation, to make you ovulate. So it's between estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, luteinizing hormone, follicle stimulating hormone. These all 
peak and trough to stimulate ovulation. Now, when you're put on hormonal contraception, you're given a steady stream of synthetic estrogen and progesterone. They're also known as estradiol and progestins. What these synthetic hormones do is they mimic you being in your luteal phase of your cycle. So that second half of your cycle, say post, post-ovulatory phase. So it does this to prevent the body's own natural cyclical events with hormones, with your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone. So this also actually has a knock-on effect on, I've spoken about this on another podcast before and I've gone in more in depth on my Instagram and Facebook pages with it, but it does also affect our stress response. And this is because your natural estrogen and progesterone secretions actually trigger your HPA axis, which is your hypothalamic pituitary and adrenal gland axis. And that's the part of your brain that controls your fight, flight and, and freeze response. So these synthetic hormones, because they're switching off our own natural hormones, our own systems react completely differently as in our our fight or flight response, but also our digestive system, all the hormones that are linked to like weight loss, weight gain, like of leptin and ghrelin, all that, all hormones are connected. And once you start putting in synthetic hormones, everything does get knocked off. It's, it's pretty much like a domino effect. But then with hormonal contraceptions, there are quite a lot of side effects that women aren't actually told about. And what I hear a lot, and this is something that also happened to me when I was, when I was 15, I was put on the pill to stop the progression of inflammation and endometrial tissue. So look, it had, it, it did have its purpose, but what I was told was the pill is going to balance your hormones to stop this. And I was like, okay, cool, great. What I wasn't told, though, is that the pill doesn't balance my hormones or it wouldn't balance my hormones, that it would just mask what was actually going on. It would stop the progression, but it wasn't fixing the problem. It was a symptomatic treatment, which at the time was great because the pain that I was going through was horrific, especially for a 15-year-old girl in secondary school. But it didn't fix the problem. And I got a shit ton of side effects that I had no idea were even linked to the pill because I wasn't told about it. And I was 15. I wasn't going to go and do research. (laughs) I was was trusting what I was being told by the consultant. So I just did it. So from 15 to 23, I was on the pill. And it wasn't until I heard that radio interview where things really clicked for me. And I was like, okay, I think it's time that I come off the pill see how my body reacts, see how I respond. I was also someone who I I battled with my weight a lot. Again, this is down to things I've talked about before. Mixture of eating disorders, but also then the likes of the pill. When I was on the pill, it, it was easy for me to put on weight. I always used to think that my typical constitution was to be heavier set. It wasn't until the last few years when I lost weight and when I actually got into fitness that 
I realized with certain areas of my body, the likes of my wrists and my ankles, I'm more predisposed of having a slighter frame. So now I wouldn't put on weight that easily. I'll lose muscle mass very quickly, but I won't gain massive amounts of weight like how I used to years ago when I was on the pill. But the different side effects, there's so many and there's there's common ones and then there's n- not so much common ones. So the common side effects, so the likes of changes in mood or having mood swings or mood disorders even and depression. With some pills, one of the side effects is actual suicidal thoughts. Then there's irregular periods, problematic bleeding, headaches, migraines, nausea, acne, breast pain, facial hair, loss of libido, and IBS. Then the not so common ones, but ones that would be classed as quite severe and that if anything does come up for you, you should go to your doctor. So painful swelling in your leg, sudden coughing, difficulty breathing. The reasons for these is that's a sign of a blood clot because the pill can cause blood clots, especially if you're a smoker. Then numbness in any part of the body, blurred vision, difficulties with your speech, fainting, dizziness, swelling of your face or tongue or throat, lumps in your breasts, changes in nipples, unusual discharge or bleeding, pain during sex or chronic pelvic pain or severe pelvic and abdominal pain. And then IBD. There was a study done in 2016, I think it was, on 75,000 women who were on the pill and the correlation between the pill and IBS and IBD. So IBD is your irritable bowel disease, the likes of Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, things like that. And the reason being for it, they're not 100% certain, unfortunately, when it comes to hormones. They can never be 100% certain in any of their research or any of the data. But what they have, what is being inclined is that because estrogen is metabolized in the gut, then the synthetic estrogen, the estradiol, is actually having a bit of a corrosive effect on the lining of the gut. But it's also knocking out your gut microbiome. And I've spoken about the gut microbiome loads of times as well and how important it is for overall health. So these are all side effects of a medication that women are taking to prevent pregnancy. Now, I love the fact that there is something in this world that gives women body autonomy. It's needed because women should have a choice over their bodies. They should have a choice on whether or not they conceive, whether or not they have a child. It is their lives at the end of the day. So having the choice and having the options are fantastic. And I'm so happy to be living in an age now where these options are available for women. Like 30, 40 years ago, these options weren't there. And women had to deal with the consequences of having sex, be it with a random person or even be it with their husbands or their partners. Back in the day, for a lot of women, they had no choice on whether or not they had sex with their partner. There was no such thing as spousal rape. Well, there was a thing as as spousal rape, but it wasn't classed as rape in a marriage. But then women had no control over whether or not they would become pregnant. 
So having these options out there now are is fantastic. I just wish that there was one, an option that didn't cause so many side effects to women's health. And two, I wish women were informed of the side effects of the pill. I would love for doctors to actually take a good 15-20 minutes to sit down with the patient and go over the pros, the cons, weigh up what the best option is for them and giving them all the information so that women can make informed decisions. And the reason I say this is because my pill was changed randomly for no reason when I was, I don't know, was I 20 or 21 or in and around that age anyway. They just changed it. I was fine on the one that I was on. And when they changed it, I, within a matter of days, my mind went to a very, very dark place. And because I had a history with mental health or mental illness, I would have been predisposed to it, but also I straight away thought I had just gone back to being a depressed teenager, which I wasn't. It was the hormone change and it completely messed with my head. But there was no discussion on it. It was just a matter of my prescription was written and it was a new pill and I had to go and take it. Now, luckily, I went, I the pharmacy that I used, they knew me and I went down and I was like, there's something wrong with this because I nearly did something really stupid last night. And so they changed it. They just gave me back the old pill. But I just wish that the conversation was had with all women before they're put on a pill to, quote unquote, balance their hormones because unfortunately the pill does not balance hormones it masks a problem and then if you do have hormonal issues if you do have gynecological issues when you come off the pill then to try and start having children you're just going to revert back to those old issues it hasn't been fixed it's just been masked but then if you do decide that you want to use contraception, whatever contraception it is, there are loads of different ones and there's pros and cons to all of them. And that's why I'm doing this episode because I'm not here telling women to come off the pill because I understand that women need to be on the pill for certain reasons, be it to prevent pregnancy or is it, or also for health reasons because for women who suffer with endometriosis, it's horrific and the pill will suppress the excess estrogen. So it will help with it when it comes to period pains and inflammatory pain and pelvic inflammatory conditions. It eases the daily symptoms and it, e- it eases life for them. So I understand that for some women, even for health reasons, they need to be on it. But I'm just going to give you the options of what contraceptions that there are and the pros and cons to them. So the most common method that most women are put on is the pill, the combination pill. So this is a mixture of estradiol and progestins. Now, when it comes to all contraceptions, there is what's known as perfect usage and typical usage. And this is in relation to the efficacy or to the effectiveness of it. So with the combination pill, with a perfect use, no human error, it's 99% affected. Affected? effective 
and with your typical use and that's just putting in the element of human error like forgetting to take a day it's down to 92 percent so then the pros of it is that you can stop taking it whenever you want so it's not a long-term acting method which means that you can stop it at any stage then the side effects of it really so your pros it prevents against pregnancy and you can stop taking it whenever you want to stop taking it the cons there's going to be hormonal side effects the ones that i've listed earlier then there's also human error are you someone who is a bit scatty brained would you forget to take it because if that's the case this won't, won't be the one for you and also if you're someone who suffers with migraines the combination pill can worsen the migraines because of the the estradiol in it then the next common option is the mini pill so the mini pill is a progestin only pill and it's efficacy with perfect use is 99% and with typical use is 92% so it's the same as the combination pill now the pros of this is that it doesn't cause migraines and for some women this may be a pro and this may be a con depending on the woman um it can stop your periods from coming well not your periods because you don't get a period when you're on a hormonal contraception you get a what's known as a pill bleed but then other cons for the mini pill is that because it's a progestin only pill you're gonna have more male side effects really is the easiest way of putting it because progestins are derived from testosterone they're not derived from natural progesterone so what that'll do is that it can lower your libido even further and it can actually also increase androgen symptoms so the likes of facial hair acne And it can also increase your chances of weight gain because there's no estrogen in it or estradiol because estrogen is actually a natural appetite suppressant. So when you're on a progestin-only method, that is a factor to take into account as well. Then the next method would be your marina coil. Now, the perfect usage and typical usage with this are the same. It's 99%. And that's because once it's in, it's in. There is no such thing as human error and you don't have to worry about it. It's there and it's doing its job. So that's your pro. Then your cons with the marina coil, again, because it's a progestin only, you're going to have those same side effects uh, of the lower libido, increased androgen levels, loss of periods, and all the other side hormonal side effects that I listed earlier on. The next method would be the copper coil. Now, again, its perfect usage and its typical usage are the same, 99%. Again, because it's removing the human error factor. Once it's in, it's in. Now, the pros with the copper coil is that it's non-hormonal. It's a barrier-style method of contraception. And how it works is that it blocks the entrance of the fallopian tube so that sperm can't get through. But it also causes inflammation within the uterus so a sperm can't actually survive there and it can't meet with an egg and if an embryo if a sperm does meet an egg and an embryo is formed the inflammation will reduce the chances of it being able to actually migrate to the uterus and implant 
the cons with the copper coil is because copper is a heavy metal I, it is causing inflammation within the uterus it that is the purpose of the copper coil but that can cause further problems for women so it can actually increase periods it can make them a lot worse it can make them much more heavier and for anyone who has ever had any abnormal cells in the in the cervix it's something I wouldn't be inclined to recommend because of its inflammatory nature and when you're looking at the precancerous cells it's inflammation that's causing that so I would avoid if you have if you are someone who has had those precancerous cells or someone who's had less treatment then the next method is the nuvering again the perfect usage rate is 99% then the typical usage is 92% this is because of human error the insertion process the pros of this is that you can stop using it whenever you want to the cons are the insertion process it can take some getting used to so you may not be like you're not going to be 100% covered anyway you'd be 99% but there may be errors there then also anecdotally from clients of mine in the past they found that the levels of the the hormones in the nuva ring really affected their mental health again this is just anecdotally from clients that I have in the clinic it can be different for everyone because everybody's hormonal makeup is completely different then the next method would be the implant or implanon or the chip whatever you want to call it so again with this the perfect usage and the typical usage is 99% because once it's in it's in you don't have to be worrying about it you don't have to think about it cons again it may stop your pill bleed and again it is progestin only so going to lower your libido going to increase your androgen levels possibly weight gain because there's no estrogen then your next method is condoms so the perfect usage rate is 98% that's when used perfectly and your typical usage it goes down to 85% again human error be it that the condom rips be it that you get caught in the moment and you don't put one on it's usually the way (laughs) but the pros of condoms is that it's non-hormonal it's a barrier method and there's no side effects unless you're allergic to latex but you can get latex free condoms then the cons it can reduce sensitivity and some people feel it kind of ruins the moment but that's more of a comfort aspect than anything else there's no long-term side effects to using condoms then there's the rhythm method so the perfect usage rate for this is 80 to 87 percent and that's because the body changes due to so many different factors be it stress environment nutrition, lifestyle, the works. So your hormones can change on a monthly basis. The pros to the rhythm method is you get to know your own cycle and then there's no need for condoms all of the time. So once you know when you've ovulated and 48 hours after that, it's you're safe because the egg is no longer viable. So if you were someone who ovulates early, you could have one week where you'd need to use condoms and then after that, it's your safe time but you do need to get to know your cycle then the cons of it 
it does take time to get to know your cycle. It can take you six months to really nail it down and for you to know when ovulation is coming. There are loads of hints and tips and if you check out my Instagram page, I have loads on that. Then the next method would be the female condom or the diaphragm. And so perfect usage rate is 94% effective and the typical usage is 84% effective. Now the pros, it can be inserted a few hours before you have sex. So it takes away that ruining the moment element, should we say. And it's also non-hormone, non-hormonal. Then the cons, it can be awkward to insert. So the efficacy of it is reduced. And again, anecdotally from speaking to couples who have used them, the sensation, especially with the female condom, it, it's not as nice as the regular male condoms. I've never used them myself. Um, I find them quite weird looking and I don't think it's something I'd be able to use. I'm happy with regular condoms and the rhythm method, but that's just me. That's what I'm happy with. That's why I'm doing this episode is to give you all your options and what is it that would suit you best. If you don't mind having the side effects, then work away, pick one, find one that's going to work best for you. If you're someone who has high levels of testosterone, high levels of androgens already, I would be going towards a combination hormonal method. If not, then work away. If you're someone who suffers with migraines, you will have to go on the likes of the mini pill or a marina coil or something. Knowing as well that with the likes of the marina coil, the copper coil, the nuva ring, the implant, the pill, all of them, none of them protect against STIs. The only one that would protect protect against STIs are male condoms and female condoms. So always being mindful of that and always practicing safe sex because you really don't want to be getting any STIs. That's zero crack. So what I would suggest is just do your research, weigh up the pros and cons. It's not that hard to do research on it. It's literally a quick Google search engine check. You can go onto Google Scholar to get scholarly articles on it if you'd like, or you can even just Google in pros and cons of the pill and you'll get the information. And then talk to your doctor and then go with your gut and see what works best for you. I hope this episode has helped. I hope it's cleared up any confusion or any questions on whether or not you should go on to some method of contraception. And if you are a woman with some hormone imbalance going on at the moment, my next online women's wellness program is starting on the 2nd of June. And it's all just down to balancing hormones, looking at lifestyle, exercise, mindfulness, everything needed to balance the hormones. If it's something you're interested in, just get on to me on Instagram or on Facebook. It's Orla underscore naturopath underscore herbalist on Instagram. And on Facebook, it's Orla O'Flaherty, naturopath and herbalist. So you can slide on into my DMs. So for now, happy weekend and happy hormones.